morning, we're going to look at a lady who worshiped God by responding to his great character. Next week, we're going to look at four men who began a great work for God. And I believe the sequence is important. We come on this first day of the week to worship him. And tomorrow, on Monday, we work for him. And throughout the scriptures, we see people who first came to God and worshiped him, adored him, and then they did great works for God. You see, as we come to God and study him and know him and trust him more, we begin to understand his character, his love for us, and our need to love him more. And as we do that, we can become better employers, employees, better husbands, better fathers. I want to focus on this lady this morning and three aspects of her true worship, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one this morning, she got something that no one else got. She got something that no one else got. She had this understanding of who Jesus is. But in getting this understanding, she was first misunderstood. You ever been misunderstood? If you're here today, you may be misunderstood. Your neighbors may say to you, why in the world are you, is that, are you coming to church again? You may have family members and friends who say, what in the world are you doing again going to church? And some of you are here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and you're doing things for God. And you're, you're constantly talking about God and your relationship with God and people may misunderstand you. Judas misunderstood her. He thought the the, the ointment that was given to Jesus should be given to the poor. He said, but Jesus said, for the poor you have with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do unto them, but me you have not always. The scene is set here in Simon the leper's house. Now, of course, Simon is not a leper at this time. He's one that's been healed by Jesus. And these 12 disciples and Jesus and, and Mary and Martha and probably Lazarus and Simon, they're all inside Simon's house reclining at a meal. They didn't sit up at tables at a meal like you and I do. They're reclining on their side, eating meal. And here comes Mary with this very precious ointment, something that costs lots of money, a, a year's wages we're going to look at. And she begins to pour this on the head and the feet of Jesus. And these, these disciples, and of course Judas, that we read about, because this passage is referred to not only here in Mark chapter 14, but in Matthew chapter 26 and in John chapter 12, we learn this is Mary, and, and of course Judas gets upset at what, what's going on here because he kept the bag. He was always focused on himself and, and the money and the things of, of for himself. But he didn't understand it. He, understand, he didn't understand what, what she was doing. And oftentimes in life, when you're serving God, when you're worshiping God, you're going to be misunderstood. Realize that is a part of the process of being a disciple and a worshiper of Christ. Thankfully, this morning, we get to come and worship the Lord corporately. You've come this morning, hopefully, to come not just to, to sit in a, in a seat, but to sing the praises of God, to, to pray to Him, to, to worship Him to fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. But most importantly, the reason why I hope you came to this morning is to know God better and to worship him. We do that through singing and prayer and giving. giving. And even in your listening and even in your responding, it's all part of your worship to God. I hope your worship to God is more than just Sunday morning. I hope it's more than just coming to church for an hour or for two hours 
A.W. Tozer said, I cannot joyfully worship God on Sunday and not joyfully worship God on Monday. See, if, if worship, if it's only a Monday, or only a Sunday morning thing, are we truly worshiping God? And I wonder, if, are we truly, do we truly know God if worship is only a Sunday morning thing or only a Sunday, Sunday night thing or only a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday thing? Worship should be part of our life. It should be part of who we are. It should be what we do because we have a creator. We have a redeemer based on his character and who he is and what he's done for us. We can worship him in the right manner, in the right way. Mary was misunderstood. She was constantly misunderstood. Remember the time when Jesus came to Martha Mary's house and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was busy doing all these things for Jesus. And, and, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, look, look at her. I, I'm busy doing all these things. She was cumbered about, Jesus said, with all these things, with all these activities. But Jesus said that, that Mary was doing that, that good part that could not be taken away. And dear friend, when you and I stand still, and in this busy, busy life that we live, it is sometimes difficult for us to stop and be still and to worship God. But that's what God commands us to do, to be still, to acknowledge him, and to worship him in his holiness, in his mercy, in his grace, in his goodness, in all that he has done for us do you take time throughout your week on a regular basis to stop and worship your creator, realizing who he is and all the great things that he has done for you? I believe Martha got so busy in life that she didn't realize the need that she had, but Mary got it. And oftentimes in life, we don't get it because we don't stop and spend time with God the way that we should. World misunderstands our giving to God, don't they? They they understand understand that they don't understand that we don't give to get, but we give because we've been given so much. First John four eight says, "He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." In in this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. What a wonderful Lord that we have. How good he is. How gracious he is. How merciful he is. And we ought to choose to take time throughout our day and through our week to stop as busy as we may be. Because if we're too busy to stop and worship our God, friends, we're too busy. We're too busy. Mary's worship could have been looked at as possibly inferior, improper or even immoral. In John chapter 12, it says that, that Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, trust me, this was totally countercultural. A woman coming in and wiping the feet and body of Jesus with her hair? How awkward that might have seemed to the disciples. How strange, how difficult. And oftentimes in life, when you and I stop and recognize the Lord, it's going to feel awkward and seem awkward to others. 
I was in a restaurant just the other day, and two ladies stopped and prayed before their meal. Everybody else was talking and laughing and joking, but two ladies stopped, held each other's hands, and bowed their head and prayed and, and thanked God for their food. And after I got my food, I went over there and I said, Ladies, thank you for praying publicly and standing up for what is right and doing right and praying for your food. It's an encouragement to me as a preacher to see Christians praying and living for God, not just in this place, which is secure and familiar and easy to live, but in that world, which is dark and hard towards those who believe in Jesus Christ. You see, Mary's was, Mary was more concerned with pleasing Jesus than being culturally correct. And sometimes you're going to have to choose to please Jesus more than be culturally correct or politically correct. You're going to have to choose, to choose Jesus more than having the, a, a friend or a, the family member. You're going to have to choose Jesus more than anything because he and he alone should be first in our life. Most Christians can't live like Mary because we're so caught up with the fears of this world. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Dear friend, you can love him. You can trust him. You can adore him with no fear. Does it matter what others say? Does it matter what others do? Does it matter how others respond to our worship of God? Ultimately, no. Because one of these days, each one of us are going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account to him and to him alone. How is your worship? She was misunderstood, but she did under, understand something. She got it. You see, she knew her responsibility to anoint Jesus Christ because she, more than any of the disciples, or Simon the leper, or anyone that were in the house, she knew that Jesus was going to be crucified. The disciples didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't grasp it. Or maybe they didn't want to get it. <laughs> Did any of you in high school struggle with algebra? You didn't get it. Did any of you struggle with geometry? You didn't get it. I, talked, I heard somebody talk about marriage the other day. Some man talked about marriage and, and how he didn't get it. And his, his wife said, you just need to learn three things. Number one, listen to your wife. Number two, listen to your wife. Number three, listen to your wife. After 20 years, I still haven't gotten that. I still haven't gotten that. You see, the disciples, they didn't get it. They didn't get the fact that Jesus was going to be crucified, even though he said to them over and over again. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22, Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and, he raised, and be raised the third day. Luke 18, And they scourged him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Luke 24, verse 46, And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus behold, Behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Over and over and over, he told his disciples, I'm going to, be, I'm going to die, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to rise again the third day. But they didn't get it. But Mary got it. Of all the people, she got it. That's why she came in with this uh, very expensive, expensive perfume. And there's going to be times in her life, again, where you get it. 
You're going to be misunderstood, but you get your responsibility, your responsibility to witness to other people when others choose not to witness. You're going to get the fact that you need to be here in God's house, worshiping his name and fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ. You get it when other people don't get it. Maybe people in your own family don't get it. Do not let that discourage you. Just because other people don't get it, you get it. And you keep doing what is right, even though others may not get it and may never get it. You keep doing what is right. You see, she not only understood her, her opportunity, she understood her privilege where the other disciples, they never got it. She got something that no one else got. Not only that, she gave up something that no one else would give. What does she give? What well, it says here in the scriptures, she gave this spikenard. Now, what is spikenard? Well, it was a fragrant oil extract from the mountains of northern India, from what I understood. And the cost of this was 300 denarii. What is 300 denarii? That is a whole year's wages. A whole year's wages. This perfume that she brought in this box was worth whatever you make in an entire year. Can you imagine that? And she brought this in, and she broke it, and she poured it over the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. She reminds me of the widow who gave that last mite. She gave all that she had. She reminds me of David in 2 Samuel 23, verse 15. David was in a cave, and he longed for some water from the well of Bethlehem, and he, he, he talked about that, and three of his soldiers went through and broke through the gates of the Philistine of the gates and, and, and through the battlement of the Philistines and, and, and he, they got some water from the well of Bethlehem and brought it back to David and David took it and instead of drinking it realized how precious it was he poured it out to the ground as a drink offering to the Lord this was precious this was important but she was willing to give it to the Lord But really, she didn't just give this ointment. She gave herself. Ultimately, she gave herself. And that's where it all must be uh, ultimately happen with all of us, isn't it? That we give ourselves. The Bible says in Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said to them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. People say, does God want my talents? Yes. Does God want my treasure? Yes. Does God want my time? Yes. The reality is, God wants all of us. And doesn't he deserve all of us? If he was willing to die for our sins on the cross, doesn't he deserve everything from us? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My body's God's. And my spirit, meaning my attitude is God's. Now, that's, sometimes that attitude, that's hard, to, that's hard to do sometimes, right? Giving my attitude, uh, doing, having, uh, having the right attitude in doing things. God may ask me to, to do this or, or go there or, or, or witness here or, or help out there. And God's saying, I don't only want your, your, your actions, I want you to obey. And I can, I can imagine Mary coming into this, this house, the house of Simon the leper, and coming in, not just with ro- robotic obedience, thinking, 
well, I got this box of perfume, and it's really expensive, and I know I got to pour it over the body of Jesus. I just know I got to do it. I don't see that at all, do you? I see a woman who's coming in totally devoted and in love with her Savior, and she cannot wait. She cannot wait to anoint the body of Jesus for his burying. How is your obedience? How is your obedience? Are you the place in life when it's like, oh man, I got to go to church again? Oh, do I have to? Oh, I got to pass out another track? I just passed out two last week. Oh, you mean I got to go be nice to my neighbor? The Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. That that lady's weeds, that widow's lady's weeds, because it's just weeds, needs to be cut. Somebody else would do it. Oh, it's easy not to have the right attitude, isn't it? It's easy to do things out of just pure robotic obedience. But see, God doesn't just want our hands. He wants our heart. He wants us to obey out of a love and desire for him and for others. And I see that in the life of Mary. She gave not only this expensive spikenard, she gave really herself. She gave up her reputation, her dignity, her pride, her future. For the glory of a woman is her hair. It reminds me of a story of a man by the name of Peter Waldo. In his book, The Outsiders, which Paul Chappell wrote and just came out last week, he tells the story of a man by the name of Peter Waldo. He was from France, a very wealthy merchant who had a wife and two kids. And even though he had a wife and two kids, had a family, was successful in business, he knew he was missing something. And he knew, he, he kept thinking, I'm, I'm missing something, something's not right, something, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not fulfilled. And so he, he kept longing and, and wondering what that was. So he went to, he started going to, to church, and, and, but he couldn't read the Bible because the Bible back in the 12th century was, was only to be interpreted by the priests. He couldn't interpret it himself because it was in Latin, and if he had to go to the priests, uh, they wanted to give the interpretation of, of their interpretation instead of what the Bible actually said. So he did something that changed his very life. He hired priests to read the scriptures to him. And he memorized the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He ate up the word of God. And from that, he began to tell others about Jesus. And others, and more, and more, and more. And these these people that he shared the gospel with, they became the Waldensians. And the gospel spread not only in France, but through the continent, throughout the entire continent. And thousands and thousands were saved all because a man hungered and thirsted after righteousness. He hungered for the word of God. Dear friends, how is our hunger for God and the things of God? Mary got something no one else got. She gave something that no one else gave. And she received something that no one else was given. What did she receive? You see, the good that we do in this life reaps eternal benefits. The Bible says in Mark 14, 9, Jesus' words again, Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, 
this also that she has done shall be spoken of a memorial for her. Wherever the gospel is preached, and think about today, wherever the gospel is preached, in North America, in South America, in all the seven continents, the gospel is being preached throughout the whole day, and yesterday, and tomorrow, and every day, the gospel is being preached because of this one selfless act of worship, her name, Mary, will be mentioned as a memorial for what she did for Jesus. What you and I do for Jesus Christ matters. You coming here this morning to this service to worship him, to go closer to him, to fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ, matter. Encouraging a friend that's going through struggle matters. Passing out another track matters. Coming to door to door this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock matters. Living for G Jesus matters. What you and I do in this life matters. It all matters. What Mary did matters. We're talking about what Jesus did nearly 2,000 years later. The wondrous work of her anointing the body of Jesus before he was going to be crucified. What a wondrous event. But see, the things that we do against the Lord, the things that we do in disobedience, they matter too as well. They have an eternal cost. Right after this, verse 10, the Bible says, And Judas Iscariot, in reaction to all this, one of the twelve went to the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and they sought how he might conveniently betray him. Total opposite of what Mary was doing. Mary was coming to worship Jesus because she loved him. Judas, after this event, now sought how to betray him. Because he was consumed with self. He was consumed with getting what he want. He didn't care about the poor. Oh, the poor? Definitely, there's a time and place to, to meet their needs and the needs of others. But our first and foremost activity should be to worship God. And Judas didn't get that. And all the time that he spent with him, around him, seeing him, watching him, he didn't get it. But Mary got it. And ultimately came to the place where Judas said, I'm going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. She gave 300 denarii, a, a, a wage of her whole year. And, J and Judas was going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Oh, what a contrast in the life. You know, I've met lots of Marys in my life. Lots of Marys and lots of Marylands. But in 47 years of living, I've never met a Judas. I've never met a Judas. Mary, what a wonderful name. What a wonderful work that she did. Because she believed and loved the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about Esau and Jacob, both men making terrible mistakes in their life. But you and I don't know a whole lot about the heritage and the lineage of Esau. But the heritage of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, which ultimately became Jesus Christ. Two different people, same family. Same family. One chose destruction and one chose life. Two people who knew Jesus, around Jesus, saw Jesus, spent time with Jesus, fellowship with Jesus, ate with Jesus. One said, I'm going to worship him, and her name is praised even to the day. Another person by the name of Judas, around Jesus, but his name 
is a byword, and no one, no one, no one wants to be called a Judas. It reminds me of two things. Growing up, this was my God. This was my God, football. I love football. I thought when I was just a skinny kid, someday I'll play professional football. That was a joke. But I had a dream. I had a dream. But you know what? A lot of people live their life for something like this right here. Live their life. And they think they can stand on this. Now, if I try to stand on this, I'm going to fall and break my neck, so I'm not even going to try it. But this standing on this thing is like standing on stuff that doesn't really matter. I mean, there's lots of things that seem good. I'm going to give my life to money. I'm going to give my life to things. I'm going to give my life to stuff. But this is wobbly and uncertain, and if I stand on it, I'm certainly going to fall. If this is the love of my life, I have ultimately nothing. But if I come over here and say, I'm going to stand on that which is solid, Jesus Christ, the rock. I can stand on that with confidence. I can stand on that with confidence. I double check. I can stand on that with confidence, knowing it's sure, it's unshakable. Nothing's going to change. It's secure. And dear friend, really in life, you have a choice. Am I going to stand on the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is sure and secure and will never fail? Or am I going to stand on these things that look good, feel good, but ultimately, if I live my life for this, it will be destruction. This is Judas. This is Mary. Which are you? Which are you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.